They're probably going to go and be the Las Vegas AAs for a couple years. They're probably going to do that so they can sell a ton of merch. What's up, Deadhead Group? And welcome to part two. And uh, so the final episode, because I thought I had to put set up for three parts, but I didn't. It's only a two-parter, so yeah. Well, I never claimed I was good at math, so there's that. Anyway. Here's the final episode between uh, my conversation between um, myself and Dan Napoli. Uh, he is the director of 50 Summers. It was a great conversation. Um, we talked about uh, some of his work that he's doing, obviously. I also give you uh, the continuation of the great story that I left at the end of the uh, uh, last episode. You guys thought I was going to give it to you, right? You guys thought we're like, oh, yeah, you know. Uh, no. Right? So... I am going to now going to go ahead and give you the episode and uh, yeah, enjoy. A narrator I've worked with on a number of my films, God bless him, who's also a huge baseball fan, uh, a guy named Matty Marshall out in San Diego. And Matt's on his getting ready to go on his honeymoon to Italy. Oh, man. And um, we get an email that's like, so we're we're prepped to have Matt cut this. Mm-hmm. And you get an email from Rob's management that's like, uh, yeah, Mr. Wrinkles, w- Rob would like to do it. Maybe sometime what? this week. And that's it. And so I remember, so God bless, it was like a day off for them. Matt found a studio in Italy, sends it to me like I'm booking him in because I just, I can't miss, like, this is his last open date. And then he's incommunicado for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I haven't got like the details from Rob's people yet. So I basically pull an all nighter with the time difference. I record, um, I produce in, I, 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 um, you know, like Skype in to Italy Yeah. for Matt's VO session, stay up, get the email from Riggle's manager to figure out, okay, what studio we're going to go bring him into and then stay up and produce that. Um, and he was super awesome. Um, he came in, I think I still have the picture on my phone somewhere. I'll send it to you after this. So you can yeah. drop it in. Um, they did like these special, uh, the year the Royals won the world series. Yeah. They did these like special, like Casey Royals vans. For like those guys, and so like so, Rob wore those into the studio. That's so um, cool, man. Yeah, and to and took a picture of it, and was like again, super cool and super gracious. Was was asking you know me questions uh, about how we went about doing it. Was like, dude, congrats to you guys. Like, was very. He's like, I know it's really hard to make a film, um, which was awesome. Like, he could have just been like, dude, I'm here for my gig. Like, mm, I'm in, I'm out. Yeah. Um, but you can kind of tell that you know that Midwest guy and, and, and he's just a real down, down to earth, uh, dude. So he was, he was super cool to work with. That's so cool though. Like to be able to have like, because right. You want to like, as soon as you start the, the, the documentary, you get those voices that you, that you recognize. Right. And I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be, this is going to be a good documentary. Here we go. And that was cool. Then of course, George Brett, I'm like, what is going on in this place, man? I'm like, these are some like heavy hitters when it comes to the yeah, world man. of baseball. 
the yeah the the George, George Brett was was a big one. I think um, I think our producer Bill Hipsher said that's the one uh, that broke his heart the most. He that he couldn't be at. He was gonna fly oh. in to the we so we shot that in Phoenix at um, spring training. Spring training. Yep. Um, so I guess I take that back. That was um, same concept, but one other. So there were three little mini sets. Yeah. Uh, because we got him, Jersh, Alex Gordon. Um, and then uh, Bob Quinn, who um, is the general manager and is the gentleman. Like, so it's Bob Quinn's voice that opens the film and probably has the yep. coolest like voice of God quote of the like, it starts um, fathers take their sons to the ballpark. Um, that's it just all gave me, all, it gave me instant chills, dude. Who is a, like just the sweetest person. Um, and I like, I, I, again, a little embarrassed. I didn't know his, absolute baseball badass pedigree mm -hmm. like worked for steinbrenner um was the gm of like the reds with like the nasty boys it was like dibble and those dudes in 1990 and barry larkin and had like crazy marge shot stories about like her dog coming in his office and pooping <laughs> remember she used to carry that stupid little like shot <laughs> um and so he had a ton of like incredible memorabilia and he's like a third generation um, baseball man, which is wild. I think his grandpa was even a GM. Jesus. I don't know they call him that, but like in the like late 1800s. Um, so that all happened in Phoenix and like Bill had some business conflicts. So he was not able to like to fly in for that George Brett and all of that other stuff. So, so Brett was the, the, the big one that, that was cool. Like, I mean, like, like I said, it's, it's, it's so wild to me that fact that like, you're just like, it's like a, a, a ever moving agenda of things. It's like, all right, so this is not happening. All right, let's move this over. Let's do this. Let's do that. And it's like the fact that you are able to, at the end of the day, grab all of that footage and put a great, you know, piece of art out there. It was, it's so cool, dude. Like, I mean, I, like I said, I'm a huge fan. So and I make them like, man. man. So, dude, I gotta ask you. I'm I'm fascinated because I haven't. You, I mean, um, you know, I I guess there's always, yeah. of course, Jim. But like, I'd say as as we already know each other, uh, you know, uh, Austin Revolution Film Festival is very good to us. So I have to ask you because you're the first person I know that from out of market saw the movie first, yep. and then went to Warner Park and saw a game there yep so i have to ask you like what was that experience like how did it connect was it weird seeing it on film first yeah, and and it, i'm a huge fan of minor league baseball i you know i'll be honest like i'm i love the majors like my team is the guardians and all that right horrible name i know um but like my minor league baseball is where is that right because it's like it's it, and and jim says this all the time right it's like you know, this is true Americana right here, right? Like, I mean, you get to see America through the eyes of baseball right here. And and when I was, so my friend, uh, Paul Caputo, I flew to Denver and then drove from Denver at 4, 4.30 in the morning to make it that day, right? Him and uh, his girlfriend, Amy, like we were, we drove and wow. we got there before, because we we're going to do a tour, right, of the ballpark. And to see the ballpark, you know, you see all the guys that were still that were getting ready. They were hosing the the concourse and everything, making making sure that everything was clean. 
it's a different experience like that than a lot of people don't get to have. Like if you ever get to a ballpark and you do it, like if you want to get a tour, call the team. I, I guarantee you somebody will give you a tour of the ballpark, right? Yeah. But to see it in person and then make that connection was so cool, right? Like, I mean, it was like a that moment in where it's like, man, I'm I'm seeing it for, through different lenses now, right? And it was yeah. it was a cool experience to see a cool experience to see like all the people there at the game, the the fans, the players, the concessions, the store, and I'm like, I, I, we were there before even everybody was there, and I already wanted wanted to buy a bunch of stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know. Dude, I love I love Jim's quote like that it's really resonating with me. It, it really resonated with me before. I mean, I was having this discussion with somebody like, do you know in a weird way like I, I that th- that concept in a way that minor league baseball is America because by a, not a raw populace but a city more cities experience minor league baseball than major league baseball. Just mm-hmm. that you think about that. There's 168 or whatever it's been cut to now. Yeah. Um, and that sort of fascinates me too. So it's a weird thing of like, if you throw a dart, you know, you close your eyes and you throw a dart into the US map, right? And you don't hit a major city. It's more likely that like that person is going to have a minor league baseball experience in common with you than, you know, there's only 32 team pro teams, man. That's it. There's but, a lot but, more cities. Right. Prime example. I'm in Raleigh here in North Carolina. Yeah. Right. I can literally within a half an hour, I can have my choice of minor league baseball. Yeah. Right. You got the Mudcast. You got the Durham Bulls. Right. Like, I mean, there's a lot of teams within here. A college, you know, college wood bat, you know, the Holly Springs Salamander yeah. which is like 10 minutes away from me right now. So it's like major cities with a minor league ballpark ball team and you like you said 30 only 32 major league teams dude the thing that was really uh i thought was really awesome was uh, you just mentioned the folks that you went to denver with is that who whom in that that group when we were at the teachers game um who's the 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 guy that works in like a single a or a double a uh that's uh jess so it was awesome standing with him and his wife because he's like, um, as the chasers game day are doing stuff, promotions and there's stuff on the board. And that's, yep. he's like, well, we do that. Well, we don't, don't do that. Well, I wonder why they do this. Well, this and that. And, and what's neat that struck me about that, this kind of ties in your point from earlier is um, you go to a major league game and yeah, there's some variances, but at the end of the day, like structurally, like a Rockies game, a Guardians game, yeah. like they're they're meant to be fully regulated. Mm-hmm. What's cool is you go to a minor league game and there's a lot of difference. You know, what Jess is doing where he is, what you're seeing even from, you know, the mud has to uh, uh, Durham is different. It's a little bit different in Omaha. Like that's, that's kind of neat, you know? And, and it is because you have to cater to your crowd, right? right? With Major League Baseball, we know, like, listen, the, our product is on the field. You're yep. coming to see this. We'll give you a couple of things of entertainment here and there. We'll sprinkle it here and there. But we know that you're coming in to watch the game. In Minor League Baseball, 
uh and 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 this is something that i've been noticing a lot more and more as you know it goes on the the transition from the you know obviously you have the ballpark right but it's become a social event yeah it's a, for it's sure. a social event right because we you and me were having a discussion when we were at the ballpark about and that's when the oakland a's just made the announcement that they were you know the right, whole right. vegas thing right like so we were having a conversation but a big play happened we stopped talking Saw the play. All right, cool. That's awesome. They scored a run. All right, back to the conversation. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. Like, and and you know? I there's you know there's there's that talked about in the film a bit and that and you know in a weird way they there was always the um you know they thought the the change to the agreement to minor league baseball and major league baseball in the early nineties was going to kill it, um but it actually did the opposite because it let those minor league teams and i mean i think now you've seen it come full circle where like major league parks or major league clubs are stealing concepts from yeah they are and what you're what you're understanding like this is what i always say so like my daughter like so she, so she just graduated she, she just finished up uh classes in uh, her last year of college still got hit her internship we would go to chasers games but if you asked her it's like are you a baseball fan she's like oh absolutely love baseball love storm chasers Dude, if we, I don't think we ever watched nine consecutive outs without <laughs> moving around. Like, it, it, you know, you just have to be able to redefine it. Um, but that's okay because in her mind, and she's supportive of it, she's into it. She'll, you know, buy something. She'll come home and be like, yeah, maybe you go to a game. Maybe she's going to take her friends. She's going to go to her kids. You got to be able, and again, with notices from a lot of people that we talked to in the film too, to like expand out this concept that like it can't it's not anymore about just sitting in your box correct keeping score with your dad not moving with you know the little pencil even though most of us that's how we maybe came up mm -hmm. um like you gotta let it expand from that and you've seen with the minor league clubs that have let it expand from that becoming like you say that social experience and those other things around there you know they have all of these great like, like, yep. you know, the chasers like, dude, you could, you can buy the cheapest ticket and never sit down and have a wonderful experience. You know, you can oh, buy 100%. a berm seat, just walk around the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you have a 360 concourse on a minor league ballpark. That's the best thing there is. Cause you, yeah. even if you get a general admission or you get the, at the berm, like I usually would do that now because I have a four-year-old and I need her to burn as much, uh, you know, energy as possible. <laughs> so we get home, you go to straight to bed, right? Yeah. But like, it, it is that experience. And yes, you're right. Major League Baseball is noticing. And as you can see, a lot of ballparks are getting smaller. They're taking seats out and putting more party decks and putting this and that because they know it's a social event. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Um, so and and that was, um, you know, again, that was that was really interesting. Like like you mentioned earlier. You know, talking to the Brandios guys and, um, you know, I, I thought that was fascinating, dude. I would, I mean, I probably would have wanted to make their part longer, but I have mm -hmm. to balance the whole story. But, but their process of how Always. they figure out those identities for the communities, which can be so fun. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like, were they, did they do the trash pandas? Was that? Yeah. Uh-huh. This is ama amazing. I mean, 
how popular League Chihuahuas, team. right? So yeah. they they are brandios. It's like I've had them. I have one of the guys on the podcast, and the process, dude, that they go through. They go there. They speak to the people, right? They 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 do all of these other things that not a lot of other uh, designers do. Don't get me wrong. I know a lot of designers that they do their thing. Matter respect to them because that's that's all. That's something that's like in order for you to really understand the community, because that's what it should be. I'm one that believes a minor league team should not have their parent club name. Right. Yeah, man. A hundred. I mean, again, I can't remember who, who said it in the film. Um, But it was like, if the quote I'm paraphrasing, but is it, if I want to own something that says Royals on it, I want it to say Kansas city. You know, they were um, they were like, man, we could not. I think it was around that time, um, you know, Omaha experimented with the golden spikes and it didn't really for two years. Yeah. Yeah. But what that's, you know, they were starting to figure that out. They were starting to see teams around them. Like, dude, I even remember like, you know, we got the Rockies in 1992, but not very long after we got the Sky Sox um, or they got a new park in Colorado Springs. but that started to get talked about a bunch because people were like, dude, did you, you know, the minor league club in Colorado Springs, there's a hot tub out in like right field. You would yeah. just be like, what? Okay. What's going on. And then let's you know, go. Right. And then even Coors Field, once they built it, like, um, you know, it's so commonplace now, but at that time, you know, Camden Yards is probably the first, but like, you know, it, it was a big deal. It's like, what do you mean you have a brewery and a restaurant, you know, fundamentalist right. Right, in left field and and on the flip side is family like dude this is awesome like you could actually get um you know but that was not you know commonplace people are still playing in like the vet or like you know the cincy park where they're like the astroturf like football baseball mixes yeah um, so you started to see some of that stuff kind of like um pop in and then you saw a lot of folks in minor league baseball really um embrace that and i think you know, you mentioned him early, uh, earlier, Parney, um, the GM for um, Richmond. And and you see it in Marty. I, I think that comes across in the film. Like those guys like love their teams and they like love their community. Yeah. You know, like that's really how they, they see themselves as as champions or like ambassadors from their communities. Um, I felt like that came out in the film and their interviews. I hope it did. It did. It most certainly did. And I, I, like I said, I, I couldn't speak uh, more highly of this film just because it like, it resonated with me from like the, the standpoint of like community love of a ball part of a ball team. Right. And then that, that, and, and the one part that I, that I really love that you guys really told the story is that realization early on when they were having the discussions of if they could share the ballpark, yeah. right? That instant realization as soon as they left, whether or not it was like a great conversation was like, but they're like, shit. Yeah. We're not going to be downtown. Like that it, was, and dude, yeah. that was such a big, I, I had just moved to Omaha and the time that that started getting, and you still get it, you know, now, like, yeah. um, I, you know, I think that's the thing. I, I mean, it's it's fascinating too in this world of podcasting, right? And that that's is in, in all sports to have some of this, you know, peeled back. Um, sometimes fans don't really understand the business mm-hmm. of the sports. You know, yeah, so oh, we yeah. still hear it here sometimes too, where it's like, 
I can't believe we've got that ballpark downtown and it's empty half of the time. And you're like, yeah, but if you listen to the people, like the economics of it, like it in those two weeks that they're there, it pays itself. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you understand, um, you know, uh, why a, a downtown ballpark could be super cool for, you know, the storm chasers, but it couldn't be that ballpark. Cause no. like, I can tell you, like, I mean, you know, again, I, I do it as a caveat, like I didn't grow up here. So I was already an adult by the time I was correct. Yeah. Oils games at, Ro- at Rosenblatt Oils games at Rosenblatt sucked, dude. They were so <laughs> it's just, it, look, you know, there's an old, you know, I'm also a huge music person. Right. And so right. there's an old uh, uh, um, adage in booking bands mm-hmm. that like, and bands are like, I would rather, I would rather play to a full room of 500 people than 500 people in a 1500 seater, even if it's a nicer venue and we can charge more money, at least my, you know, coming where I'm coming from like punk rock and alternative Mm -hmm. rock because of the energy of the crowd, the bigger it gets. So it would be so frustrating. It's a, you know, it's a giant stadium. Now it was was amazing for college baseball for the college world series. It was, yeah, because it packed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the energy's off the roof, dude. You know, there's games you can't even get into if you want to get tickets. Occasionally, mm-hmm. those things get sold out. You know, the flip side, you would go to Royals games, and just no matter how hard, you know, Marty and his team worked, or even if they drew good crowds, you know, 5,000 people in a 17,000-seater, that just doesn't feel good. Not only that, and then when when they were talking about it, that they would put tarp over a big, huge section of that ballpark, right? Advertising, whatever it was, they're like, he understood, Marty understood early on. I'm like, we're never gonna fill this ballpark. It's yeah. just not gonna happen. We're not college baseball. We're not gonna compete with college baseball. So let's do what we need to do in order for us to mitigate that. Well- Indeed, right. I mean, you can you can speak to that from where you're at too. As, as you go as you go around, uh, you know the the league. There's not a whole lot of seventeen thousand seaters for no. the minor league parks or whatever Rosenblatt used to see. Um, you know, the, so that was the thing too, where it wasn't even like snottiness or whatever. It's just hey, like dude, sometimes business needs just go in different directions, right? And and I don't think there was any ill will or anything like that from from what I got out of this. They knew really like, you know, there are some things that they needed, like just like the naming rights they were talking about, like concessions, ticketing, and things like that. That they minor league baseball survives on those things, yeah, right? Totally on sponsorships, on merchandise sales. So it's like it was very hard for them to say, yeah, we'll go, yeah, we'll go with you guys. But then at the same time, oh, by the, by the way, you're not going to get this. College baseball is just going to get this. I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. We'll move. Yeah. And and I think, you know, folks can see in, in retrospect, it's probably it's probably worked out. I know the area around um, where Werner Park is has has um, started to pick up some ground in the ways mm-hmm. like there's some kind of cool condos behind there. There's some things that are starting to build up around that area. Yeah. Um, so as you know, as as time goes on, but yeah, that I mean, that was an interesting um, conflict of the film. I loved, I love that scene where Lori, um, one of the GMs in in Omaha, talked about that like she had to go out and take the call from her husband and was like, "Oh God, we just turned down a job. Wait, wait, are we gonna be?" Yeah, that was like, like I was like, "Wait, Sugarland, what are you talking about? Like, we just turned down the job and right there." Yeah. 
And um, that's that's the sad part. Like, I mean, you know, to see a team move. Yeah. Anywhere. I mean, we were talking about the A's, man, when you were the out in, I, in Omaha. Yeah, just found out, like, you know, the uh, Downey's Wood Ducks. They're moving down to... Uh, from North Carolina to South Carolina, right? To Spartanburg, right? Like, wow. I mean, so it's like a lot of people don't understand. I was like, oh, it's not kind of like, You don't understand. That is a big area for like, you know, for jobs, for economic progress for that area. That leaves that that leaves a void there now. And uh, yeah. o- uh, Omaha was going to have a void if the storm chasers left. Yeah. And a lot of those, uh, you know, I mean, and you, it, it's interesting too, how you have a thing. So, um, you know, Gary Hill owns the storm chasers also owns, um, union Omaha mm-hmm. soccer teams doing amazing, which um, by the way, they share the same ballpark. Yeah. It's amazing. I don't know, you know, I don't know that Omaha gets that soccer team. If Warner park wasn't the, there. Or, or just if the chasers leave, like you're yeah. talking about what, um, you know, anchors some of these minor league teams are in the cities they're in. You know, I know mm-hmm. it was 10 years before, but that's kind of my point. It's like if they leave, well, what happens? I don't know that that kind of, you know, for a lot of these cities, um, you know, again, um, folks we talked to in the film and the research and stuff like that, you know, for a lot of these cities, that is a bit of the driver and civic pride or even some things that are, are kind of there and and so when those things move they leave you know they leave a void mm-hmm. let, let me ask you and, and you know because i'm also interested in in the storyline that you that you were talking about and, and then i want to tie this up to brandy oscar we're just talking about them they're, they're moving into werner park but they're also not only they're not only are they moving there, but they're moving as a leaving a team name into a right. brand new team name. I'm sure that and you live there, right? So like that dynamic within the the fans, right? Like you know, like oh, we were the Royals, but like understanding that, like you know, there were limitations to what they could do as the Royals because yeah, of the licensing sure. side. Yeah, for sure. I think that that was, um, you know, just from just from my perspective, I th- I think by the time, because because really, if you run the gamut, I think you know Omaha was, um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say they were kind of on the back half of the curve of the mm-hmm. name changes. Yeah. So I think people were a little bit more chill with it because they had started to you know, either see or read or like, you know, whatever they, they go to their cousin's uh, graduation in North Carolina and they end up going to a ball game and you, you started seeing around the league, you know, there weren't a lot of teams that were the, you know, Richmond Yankees. They're the flying squirrels. And you're like, well, that looks fun. And like, that looks cool. Um, So I think, you know, generally speaking, people are resistant to change. Right. baseball especially oh it's Um, oh my god don't get me started on that right uh but i i think it went um you know i you know i kind of like that concept too of basically like dude like let's just be let's just be new 
right? You know, let's rip like, the bandaid. Let's go. We're about to move into a new place. We're let's get let's start fresh, you know, and then go in with good momentum yeah. into the ballpark. And, and it's listen, it probably, works. I mean, dude, in retrospect, now that you bring it up, I mean, I, I probably should have explored it a little bit deeper to see. Um, was there really ever a strong movement? Like how much was there to be like, no, I mean, I know, you know, we talked to Mark Nasser in the film about it, but was like, no, we should move into the new place and hang on. I, dude, just like we were talking about with the A's, right? right? They're probably going to go and be the Las Vegas A's for a couple years. They're probably going to do that so they could sell a ton of merch. Of course. Right. They got to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, absolutely. But in, in, Listen, I may be in the minority in that, but I think it is going to be like that. Like they're, they're going to have it for like a few years, right? It was like, well, okay, we just moved. Let's just let's take care of the move. And all right, so now that we're here, we're settled. Let's transition into something Vegas, whatever the right base. and open open yeah. our new stadium with a new identity. Yeah, the um, Vegas Blackjacks, whatever. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense to me. And and I think you know, not that I'm any kind of you know. <laughs> Sports economic expert, but I feel <laughs> right. I feel like Omaha d- did it the right way with that, and I think that the the results have been, um, you know have have been solid with that. I think that that was a good, um, that was a yeah. good way for them to do it. Stadium and and logo and kind of in this one swoop. And 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 like I said, they also went ahead and they hired one of the top brands you know out there like you know they're they are known for making these things right uh yeah. and brandios and man they they that's a beautiful logo that's a beautiful logo let's be honest it's just that's how it goes um so uh it, it you know and before we go into now my last part of the the um the uh episode here uh is there anything else that i haven't asked man you know any this is your moment too my friend i mean i we've <laughs> We've had a really good conversation about baseball overall in the documentary. It's been super fun, man. So anything um, else? Yeah. I mean, other like, so, I mean, currently I've got, um, I've got three docs in the queue. Nice. Um, working on that action sports documentary that I was, I was mentioning. Yep. Um, and if you're not, for, and for those who are not familiar with those worlds, I mean, this is really the, this group of, of guys that were documenting are really the kind of like, what Dogtown and, and and Bones Brigade was to the skateboarding worlds, they really are to this world of of, of pro paintball. Um, Interesting. They they kind of, I mean, dude, it's it's bananas, and and I've been covering them one way or another since they were started at fourteen. Like they're forty now. Um, they've since they've turned pro, uh, they've won. Um, and and pro paintball works kind of like pro golf or pro tennis in the way that the circuit works in scoring. Yeah. Um, they've won almost 70 tournaments. They've won almost a third of the events that have, they've participated in since 2001. Um, And they're really, really interesting guys. Um, I'm really excited about that film too, because what I always tell folks too, is it's like, it's not really about paintball. It's really kind of about, to some degree fathers and sons strong women raising a lot of kids on their own and the last generation of what we kind of call be home when the lights are on because this is late 90s mid 90s everybody doesn't have a cell phone yet so they're growing up and finding paintball in that world 
where yeah. it's like, okay, you get out of school at two. I'm home at five. You're going to go do something in the afternoon. I don't know exactly where you are. I don't yep. know what, and, 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 and these kids kind of honing their, and they're, they're really, really all very interesting um, individuals um, working on an MMA documentary. Uh, Whoa. With, yeah. With former Bellator uh, band and weight champion, Rafion Stotts, who's also an incredible human being um, working on a record store documentary. She record um, store. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, um, yeah, I mean, so super busy. Um, Dan Napoli films.com. Um, and Eroa cinema is my production company, but, uh, Dan Napoli films is, um, much more active. Um, I got a Patreon coming out, um, later this summer. Um, so yeah, man, we're keeping, you're keeping busy, dude. Busy, dude. Yeah. Keeping busy telling stories. That's I love it. I love it. I'm and I'm on your website right now looking at some of the the um the photo galleries and things like that. So it's like it's super cool to just to get the the behind the scenes shots, right? Like that's that's some cool stuff. And you man, you're living a dream, dude. You're doing your thing. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a good uh it's a good existence, man. No 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 complaints here. What's this last part of your of your show, man? All right, so here we go. So here's what I'm, you know, I call it my famous, not so famous questions, right? So what we do, what I do is I'm going to ask you a series of random questions, okay? Uh, I, and, and I, I'm going to start, I always start this this way, okay? I always explain it this way. If you go to a ballpark, okay, when you, you go to, uh, you know, Warner Park, right? What is your food and your drink of choice? What is it that you go in the first thing that you get there? So, um, this will have to be pre some, uh, major health and dietary changes. Okay. Um, but so it would, it would be the, the Oma dog, the Omaha oh. dog. Love it. Hot dogs. It is. I love like, it. Yeah. But was like, but covered in like pulled pork. Oh, and then cheese on top of it. Um, and then, uh, and then, and a Pepsi that, that would be my, that would be my go-to ballpark. You're a man after my own heart. You just said Pepsi. We're we're good now. We're good. I love it. All right. Let's see here. Okay. Do you think that cereal is a soup? Say that again? Do you think that cereal is a soup? I've never even pondered that. Oh, wow. I know, right? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. Okay. Because you, because you don't cook it. I appreciate that. I like that answer. I don't think it's a soup either, but you know, some people do. Some people think. I mean, it, I get. You know? I mean, now that you pointed out, I'm like, oh, <laughs> let, I let me. I gotta like, think about this. I'm, yeah. I'm about to get a text message from you, like in a couple of days. You know what? It. Like, I yeah, I say, <laughs> can we change that answer? Right. Uh, okay. All right. What sport would be the funniest to add mandatory amount of alcohol to? Like they gotta drink alcohol in that sport. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's pretty basic, but hockey because it's just oh, like drunk oh people falling God. down and skating, dude. Like that's pretty. Not only that, but then the fight—they're already fighting oh, with each other. So imagine right. a drunk just, hockey player, just haymakers, <laughs> right? Somebody's like, missing and then falling over on their. Someone's about to get a hockey stick in the face, dude. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see here. Um, so the zombie apocalypse is here. What is your weapon of choice? Oh man. 
I mean, you got to go with a shotgun because you don't want them to get close to you, right? <laughs> no, you definitely don't want to get close to these suckers. So I like that. Um, okay, you're at a party, right? You're hanging out. You're at a party. Cool. We're chilling, having some fun, some drinks. Uh, they ask you to play one song, right? What's the song that you're going to choose for uh, to play? Am I am so? Am I trying to like please? Am I trying to play something I like, but also please the crowd? Um, sure. Let's go with that. Okay. Um, probably some. Um, I don't know if I get. Uh, so, general something by the Beastie Boys because I still feel like it's musically credible, but like people are super into it. If yeah. I had to pick a single Beastie Boy song then it would probably be so what you want. I'm I'm with it. You know what? BC boys, no matter what, you know, how old you get, it's still going to be cool. So yeah, people are still like, even young generations are starting to really discover them. And it's amazing. Dude. I think my, my secondary answer would be if it's like, if the people are way younger than us, mm -hmm. link 182. Oh, I hell yeah. my daughter and I cannot believe like, I mean, and God bless. I mean, I've not that I know them personally, but have, I mean, I did radio interviews with them when I was in college. Like they've been around for so long. And it just, it fascinates me that they're resonating with, you know, they just headlined Coachella and like, I Dude, think I still listen to Blink-182, man. All the time, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is amazing. All right. Who was your favorite superhero growing up? Oh, Wolverine. Don't even oh, have to think about that. Good twice, answer. Snakey snack. There's no doubt. Good. I love that. Um, Okay. What smells better, fresh cut grass or bread bacon in the oven? Oh, man. I mean, I, I'll i go with fresh cut grass, but oh, boy, man. that's like it's a close second. I know, I know. But there's something to fresh cut grass. They just. Yeah, man. man. I mean, and you know we're on a baseball podcast. This should at least, it, but it is. But it's, <laughs> but when it's on a when it's on a ball field, man, it is just. It's even pretty, better. Yeah, amazing. So, all right. So let's see. If you were a fruit, what fruit would you be? I would want. I would be. I would be raspberry or blueberries because they're actually really, really good for people. They are. They're very. My daughter loves the hell out of some blueberries and raspberries, man. She'll tear them suckers up. Um. Okay. Couple more, and then I'll leave you alone. I promise. I know, if you could be in any movie, right? But you know, just like live in that movie, right? You know, what movie would it be? Oh man. Uh. So I'm gonna go with a very like uncool answer. Mm -hmm. Uh but it ties to something i said before it would be empire records this like really obscure like <laughs> 90s flop um about kids working at a record store that had all kinds of has amazing actors and actresses in it but yeah. like i worked at a record store in college i'm doing a record store documentary like dude if i could just you know and it's a time in your life it's all those folks so you're if i'm living in that world right i was like i'm in my 20s i don't really have a whole lot of care in the world it's just like, chilling you know talking music yeah love it make sure i have enough money for beer i would i would do that that's awesome all right last one so you can you you can have you can hang out have dinner 
with one player that's no longer with us, right? No longer around. Which player would you choose to bring back for one night to hang out, ask questions, have conversations, just chill? Don't even have to hesitate. Jackie Robinson. Oh, dude. Yeah. He was a close second of mine. Like, I mean, I have what's like your, my what's t- yours? Clemente. Oh, dude. Oh, 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 I'm an idiot. Of course. Right. <laughs> dude, if it makes you like, I have, like, I can go pull up from the closet. I have like the Clemente, like, roots of fight. Oh, like, hoodie. those are so cool. But yeah, man, I mean, that would be because, like, I'm such a great player. Like, what an amazing guy. I mean, I'm sure he would roll his eyes. It would be the dumbest question, but it would just, I would be fascinated to be like, bro, how did you, how did you persevere through that experience, man? Dude, for um, real. And excel and like be amazing on the field. And like, I mean, yeah, that, that Even would be a better be, human being. Right. Yeah. I mean, oh, that would just sure. be, that would just be the dude. I would, I would also pick, you know, who I would also pick Satchel Page. Oh, dude. The stories that dude could tell. Yes. Right. Oh, that's a great answer. Satchel Page was such an entertainer. Yeah. I would love to just have, just hang out with the dude. First question you'd have to ask him was like, okay, man, how old are you really? Like, really? What is your not age? Documented anywhere. You know, there are always speculation that he was right. Like, they said that he played until like his 60s. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah, those last those last couple years with because uh, he 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 played like a couple years with Oakland actually in mm-hmm. MLB like yeah dude that would be that's he played with Cleveland answer. too so I can mean yeah that's yeah. right the Mexican league he, the, he won he a World Cleveland Series that won okay that's yeah. what I thought that fifty four or whatever that was oh, um, oh my God Jesus oh that would be yeah, such a dude, cool that's person. a great answer woo that's impressive yeah the dude would be, like i'm saying like he just one obviously you got to ask what the age is but like two like dude just tell me stories that's all i want to know yeah and he was a barnstormer so the, the stories he's got from like yeah that would be that would be killer oh he's so legit so dan dude this been this has been such a fun interview oh, like yeah, i've dude, had thanks for having me on dude this was so much fun I loved it. It was like, like I said, just getting to like the behind the scenes of a documentary or like what goes on the stories. I absolutely had a fun blast. You guys got to watch it. I'm going to put the link to the documentary on Peacock or on uh, Amazon, put your website, your social media stuff. You guys got got to follow you, dude, because this get get those Peacock numbers out, man. Like, hell yeah. yeah, that was, I mean, that was crazy. I was, I mentioned it earlier. I was logging in, I think, to watch something WWE and it's like recommended for you. I'm like, wait, I, I made that. Like, uh, yeah, I, I recommend it for myself. Wild. Oh, or wait, we I did that. that. I should say our team, but our team made that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was so, no, man, dude, this was super fun. Um, always down to, to, to talk baseball or, or, t- or talk about the movie. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And then we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch, obviously. Yeah, absolutely, brother. All right. Take care, Ed. Take care. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Dan. Now, make sure you guys are following Dan on social media as well as check out his website. A lot of cool stuff of his uh, past, current, and future works that he's doing. Um, and then uh, as far as uh, myself, make sure you guys are following me. I am on all the socials, even threads now. That's right. I started a threads account just to see how it goes, right? If it doesn't go anywhere, well, we uh, we all did it. So, uh, and then uh, make sure you guys are giving the uh, podcast five stars. Five stars means I go up on the rankings. I go up on the rankings. More people get to listen to it. So, but before I go, 
gotta give you guys the joke of the episode and here it is the flat earth society made a new documentary which was uh, nominated for a golden globe award all right all right i'll see myself out and until then guys keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya